Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Levantex podcast, both political and cultural. And today we have a wonderful guest. We're going to be talking to Yella Let's Talk. They are based out of Toronto, for all of you that don't know. And for those of you that it may ring a bell or sound familiar, I'm sure you're going to be very interested in what our guest, Mace Alouash, has to say today. So, Mace, thank you for being with us all the way from Canada. Such a big time difference, we know. But uh, yes, you've, we've made the time and we're here. Hi, Sophie. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, and yes, we did uh, make it happen. The time difference isn't so bad, but yeah, we're here. We're here. We're here. Yeah. We've, we've done it. It's good. Um, and it's it's nice because being far away and seeing the lights, you know, shining in the background makes me feel like it's still daytime. <laughs> I know. You'll rarely see this in Canada. It's a good day today. <laughs> yes. So yeah. positive energy all the way. Now, everyone who's listening, what we're going to be talking about is, a, a, again, I mentioned it earlier, it's called Yella Let's Talk. It's a platform. And here today, Mace is going to tell us why it was born. Now, how did this baby come to be? Okay. Um, I hope you have time. Um, so I, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about um, where the idea came from, a little bit about the journey and like, feel free to interrupt me in the meantime, because it's a kind of long um, Go for it. story. Yeah. So basically, um, Yalala Stock was started by my co-founder, Hani, in 2017. And the reason he started it is um, he felt uh, as an Arab millennial, there are lots of topics that kind of remain um, swept under the rug, uh, if that's a phrase, uh, in the Arabic culture. And these topics typically really truly affect our lives. And you can't really bring them up with um, like Arab parents or a lot of Arab parents. I don't want to be too general. And you can't really, a lot of times, even you can't bring them up with um, like young people as well. Um, so he kind of like felt, okay, maybe people need this space uh, to come together and talk about these, these issues. And these issues are things like mental health, career choices, um, sexuality, gender uh, equality, any like any of that. Um, so he really kind of, uh, the way he went about it is typical millennial way of starting a YouTube channel. Um, so he kind of like uh, came together with a few friends and they shot some YouTube footage. Um, he didn't end up publishing it uh, for many reasons, but he kind of really took the idea forward and uh, he approached myself. We're actually friends from university. And um, he was like, let's try to do this. And um, we talked to uh, Canadian, uh, Canadian Arab Institute here. They're a great uh, source for the community. And uh, Ronnie Yunus at the time supported us to start this initiative. And in, on May 5th, 2018, we were able to kind of bring a lot of Arab youth together. And we had an event where uh, we had a panel of speakers and we had uh, different workshops for people uh, to talk about like uh, issues like mental health and uh, relationships and cultural entrepreneurship. Why, why, all why of that. do you think it's so hard to have these discussions? I mean, it, it, to sit down and think, I've got to start a platform. I have to start an initiative to be able to have these discussions. How bad is it? That, that we've got to this point where you said you said a couple of minutes earlier, you can't even talk to your parents about. Um, again, like I think it's a, uh, it's a majority, uh, but I definitely am aware a lot of uh, parents are very open and you can talk about um, these specific topics. But as you can see, and as you can see from the needs for, of the community to our platform, a lot of them don't. 
And I would say the reason is probably uh, tradition, not going against the grain. Um, I think uh, a lot like that's something, this is my guess, like my, my personal guess is uh, our culture is very ingrained into this kind of like, how do I say it? this monolith identity and um, life path that we all have to adhere to as let's say an Arab man or an Arab woman. And there's really nothing in between, uh, nothing you can talk, uh, try to change your mind. I mean, there is some sort of flexibility here and there, but there's that path that was, you have to kind of like follow. And uh, anything that goes that goes into questioning it is typically not like not accepted. Um, and do you anything- think a lot of these issues stem from the fact that they uh, you the constant need to have a facade or to to be strong or to not feel penetrated? I mean, we talk about the patriarchal society in in Western yeah. cultures, and um, obviously women have managed to. Um, make leaps and bounds to be able to try to combat this and find equality and have have a voice. Now, in in a male-dominated, I don't even want to say dictatorship, uh, you know, that's sort of like the Middle East vibe. And women, yes, you you do find them speaking. I mean, I'm in Lebanon and the people on the street, most of the time, 90% are women. Um, They stand up to a lot. I want to say that uh, their voices are being heard. You know, they're 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 hitting strides in in Forbes. They're making they're making they're they're jumping leaps and bounds as well. Now, when we're having these discussions, we're mostly talking about the youth. You know, we're not talking about the people that are making these breakthroughs. But uh, why is it so hard still to relate? Um, I I I I want to know. Like, it's so curious because people that are listening now are mostly the diaspora. They don't necessarily live in this part of the world, and they're trying to associate to both cultures, uh, or they're living in a Western culture and trying to live in an Arabic traditional household. I mean, do you think that's the problem? where they, they know they should be talking and they, and they should be having these discussions because they've seen it happen with their friends. Um, yeah. but, and, and you've obviously given them the platform, but what about the Arabs that are in the Middle East? Do you find them relating to you a lot as well or, or are they sitting quiet? So um, that's, it's interesting you bring that up. So I feel like the Arabs in the diaspora and the Arabs um, in the Middle East and North Africa have some similar struggles and some different struggles. The ones in the diaspora face a lot of identity issues. You have no idea. There is um, third culture Arab aspect. We some, That's something we consistently have been working on and dealing with every day for the past three years. And people still want to talk about it and still have difficulty um, kind of balancing those two extreme um, uh, cultures, because when they're at home, they're within the Arab household, um, they have these um, ingrained beliefs and values that they get from there. And then they go outside and it's a completely different world and they're trying to balance and they kind of believe and feel uh, the same way about both. So you've got that here in the diaspora, as well as both in the diaspora and the Middle East and North Africa, you have these issues, the taboo issues. Um, that people don't talk about. I mean, when have you heard people bring up mental health in the Middle East? I like, I haven't. I mean, I, I have. Uh, I used to live in Dubai and I have friends there. I remember going back and I talked to them about it. They're like, hmm, sounds like a very Westernized concept. Um, so you like, you got. Yeah, well, things I was like born that. and raised in Dubai, and uh, my dad did have friends, you know, that were Emirati, and I'm not. I don't want to name names here, but uh, high up. 
And uh, if they did have a child that had uh, a mental health issue or was autistic or had Down syndrome, they were like, shut away. You know, it's like we went back to Henry VIII in the UK, you know, like, no, no, you can't be seen, you don't exist. So I do understand when you say that, you know, especially Dubai is supposed to be cosmopolitan and, you know, a, a bridge between the Middle East and the West and, and, and Asia, you know, but uh, yeah, it's, it's not as forward thinking as some may seem. I think a discussion of mental health uh, is probably more apparent in Lebanon than it is in Dubai. I, I would I would assume so, to be honest. And honestly, it's like you mentioned, it's things like that um, or issues like that within mental health, as well as, you know, like the regular day to day mental health, your well-being, things like that. People don't really pay attention to those things. And I think that's kind of like starting to be a big deal here in uh, North America and the West. Uh, people are paying a lot of attention to, you know, being happy and feeling good. And what do I do to uh, improve my well-being? Um, and so um, th these things, like we are trying to like even normalize the concept of therapy um, in, uh, for Arab um, for Arabs in general, or people who kind of like consume our content or attend our events. Like I speak very uh, loud about it. Like I go to therapy and I fucking love it, you know? So it's, it's amazing. I wouldn't do it otherwise. And I try to encourage a lot of people to do that. So it's like, honestly, it's things like that, that we're trying to destigmatize uh, a lot. We're also trying to destigmatize things like um, you know, like gender equality is still a huge issue. A lot of women still face uh, barriers. And uh, don't get me wrong, this is not even Arab specific. Uh, as a Canadian woman in STEM, I can tell you I face this every day. Um, things like um, sexuality is a huge issue. I mean, I'm, I'm as liberal as a lot of places in the Middle East and North Africa are, it's still like not easy. And we're trying to destigmatize, destigmatize these issues and try to really create an inclusive, I think really, if you put it, we're trying to uh, create an inclusive and safe space for people uh, who identify with being Arab to feel safe and included. And we're tr really trying to break the, the narrative that there is this monolith Arab identity that we have to be. and can actually be anything and we're different and that's great and let's celebrate that kind of thing you uh, know mace i think it's it's such it's so great to hear that and i i might have a question to you which is quite interesting you know we started out by saying hani uh took the millennial uh, uh route and he decided to go on youtube and go through social media now is that just a millennial approach or the people that you're talking to and the youth that you're talking to maybe feel more comfortable talking to you via their mobile phone than uh maybe in a community center that you would have available to you you know maybe to rent space you know especially being a part in north africa you know uh, sorry north, north america definitely don't have community spaces in north africa <laughs> they're, they're, they're missing we need them so uh yeah you know these things these these types of spaces and resources are available for rent and 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 queen can do you do you feel that you're more connected to them on the ground or online hmm. That's an interesting question that you mentioned that um, I think really also, I, I, I'm gonna keep bragging here, but I think um, what really makes um, YLT so uh, special also is uh, we do both events and we do a lot of um, online stuff. Like we have a social media community, uh, we have an online publication, all of that, where we put out content and are able to interact with people. But as I mentioned, 
we started as a youth initiative and we started with events. So we started with the Wild Tea Cafe where it's like you mentioned, uh, we rent out spaces and we bring in people together. And we started having those um, events here in Toronto and Canada and the US and the UK. And uh, people really loved it. So people, it's, it's kind of a balance. I know where you're going with your question um, and it's kind of a balance. Some topics are not too heavy and people are very, like are comfortable talking about them in person and even in public. And sometimes the topics are a little more sensitive. And so we actually do get a lot of DMs on the super sensitive stuff uh, we, where we can handle them uh, pretty well that way. And some, it also depends on uh, from one person to another. Some people are just more comfortable um, speaking out about things. And so they're, whether it can be like on Instagram's comment section or uh, on like the virtual cafe that we have every Saturday. Um, they're more open about it and some people are not and that's understandable and that's why uh, we've we've kind of like I think if you ask me the most proud thing I am about um, what we've done so far is how safe we've made people feel that they're able to tell us all of these things and feel comfortable and feel welcomed kind of thing. Well, I think that's what everyone needs these days because we don't really know what's happening outside our four walls, really. It's it's turbulent, it's crazy. And as much as we're sitting uh, discussing um, Arabs, Arab youths in specific, there is so much going on with uh, the youths around the world and what type of world they're walking into. So uh, how are you uh, dealing with all of these questions that might be coming your way? Um, especially when you had the whole issue with immigration and Trump and the ban of Muslims and this whole um, anti-Muslim sentiment that took place. And, that, and then now we're into Black Lives Matter. And, uh, you know, in North America, you're facing a lot of different issues than we are facing here in the Middle East. Here, we're constantly looking our, over our shoulder, expecting, you know, war to kick off. But you're fighting like a different type of war. Um, and uh, it's curious to understand uh, what overflow you've had, you know, you've, you've had your, your sections and things that you know that you talk about and um, these discussions that you mentioned that are stemmed in, uh, sorry, steeped in tradition and culture. Uh, but now the world is changing. So much else is coming up. What type of um, things are you facing that are different? Um, I think like from a lot of uh, what you mentioned, um, things happen everywhere in the world and we kind of like have to absorb them in a way uh, where we try to help our community as much as possible. So for example, um, when the Black Lives uh, Matter, uh, yeah, Black Lives Matter uh, started or not started, it started way long ago, but really took, um, um, like took uh, the forefront in uh, last year. Uh, we took that opportunity to talk about, uh, you know, Black Arabs and the stigma that uh, a lot of them face. And uh, this is real. And we really used that opportunity uh, to bring it to the forefront. And we created a whole um, virtual cafe about it. We uh, put out so much content on the issue to try spark conversation and kind of see where people are at. Uh, where their thought processes are at and how uh, receptive they are of the issue. And we try to really encourage people to have these uncomfortable conversations because it's reality and, and people are facing, um, are facing a lot of stigma for their skin color to this day. 
Uh, and a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of Arabs uh, try to uh, use the excuse of, uh, oh, this is a Western concept, like we we don't have that in, in, in uh, the Arab culture, which is obviously like not true. Yes, <laughs> not true at all. <laughs> not true at all. I mean, there is race, it, racism exists. And even if it's not um, in your face, it's a lot of muted racism as well. Um, so yeah, we tr really tried to talk about that. Um, we tried to talk about um, things like, uh, if you remember in Egypt, also the whole sexual um, assault Abuse, that happened yeah. there. Yeah, we talked about the, that a lot. And um, we've had a lot of um, sexual assaults victims and uh, sexual harassment victims um, that kind of spoke out about it. And again, we had a virtual cafe about it and uh, talked about that. When it came to Lebanon and the thing that, uh, or the explosion that happened last uh, year as well, um, we kind of like, you know, it hits differently where uh, people are. Uh, we kind of talked about uh, survival guilt here in um, in North America and Europe. A lot of us feel we're so connected yet so separated and it just feels so, such a weird spot to be in, you know what I mean? And you're kind of stuck mentally in this place that you don't know what to do and you think you're only one there and you don't know how to help uh, outside, you know, like donating and things like that, but it just doesn't feel enough, you know? Um, so yeah, we kind of talked about that and uh, let our community share their thoughts on it um, and see uh, how, how we can support each other and how we can support people back home in difficult times like that. And like also as well, uh, you probably heard of the Sarah, Sarah Hijazi um, thing that happened. Um, it, it was a very, very unfortunate event, but again, we used the opportunity to shed light on the importance of, you know, accepting one another, um, talking about LGBTQ issues and why did um, Sierra have to go through this and uh, why do, do we have these laws uh, in Egypt still in 2020, you know, um, there's the other day we were, uh, put this article on our page and there are two men in Egypt uh, that were arrested for their suspected sexual orientation. Why are we, why is this still a problem, you know? Um, so yeah, we, we kind of like consistently talk about um, these, these issues that happen in the Arab world and bring them in a perspective um, that um, like our community can consume and, uh, and, you know, and about things that matter to them. And I think right now, a lot of our community is from the diaspora and that's why our focus is that way. But as a concept, YLT is not really limited to that. And we're, as we grow, we're kind of going to be catering to that communities that we grow to as well. I think that you've just touched on my next question, which was going to be how do you bridge the gap um, between the youths that in America and in Canada and back home? Uh, I feel like it would be really interesting to have them all sit at a table, like a round table, you know, um, especially the youths that you find in Saudi Arabia that live behind their phone and they're, they're too scared. They, they completely hide their identity. They completely transform online. Um, and then if you do meet them in person, you're, you're completely taken aback because there's, there's this whole different persona that's going on. And I'm sure this is happening all, again all over the world. But I think with the stigma and the taboos that are so apparent in the Middle East that they feel afraid to be themselves. Um, and, and you said it, you know, right at the beginning, this identity crisis, it might be happening um, with it's like a culture shock with an Arab youth being placed in somewhere like Canada and having their parents enforce these Arab traditions. And it's like, well, I don't understand how to process what you're saying. You're telling me one thing and I'm living something completely different. But then you have uh, the youths in, in the Middle East that live it 
you know, it's around them, but then they're, they're so engrossed in technology that they, they understand that there's something else out there and they want to be a part of it. So they just decide to create a whole different type of persona to be able to, to sort of feel like they can be there. And, and I think it's so interesting because your platform is so integral to the fact to say it, it, it's okay it's all right. You know, you are all right. And we're going to sit, yalla, let's talk. It's going to be okay. Like we've got your back, you can discuss. And if you feel like you do want to come out from the shell that you're hiding behind, you can send us a direct message. We'll be there and we'll listen. I think these platforms are so, so important. Um, you have them cropping up all over the place in Lebanon, especially after the um, August 4th blast, especially in regards to mental health. Because And, and supposedly the phones are, are ringing off the hook. And, uh, I know myself, even though I'm half English and I've been exposed to the Western world and I've lived in the UK and all of that. And for me, discussing mental health is completely fine and going and seeing a therapist, there, there really shouldn't be anything to it. You know, it's, it's literally just taking care of yourself, even if you are capable of working it out. Sometimes we need to soundboard. Sometimes we need to bounce our ideas and just given them, get, have them given back to us rationally or boxed in a, in a nice way that we'll be able to digest it instead of someone screaming at us and telling us, no, you're stupid. That's not the way to think. So, uh, Thank you, Mace and Hani, for setting up uh, this platform. And uh, Mace, you know, you have the opportunity and you have the listeners' attention, and I'm sure they're very intrigued. Um, and I'd like to see what type of message you'd like to leave with everyone that's with us today. So uh, please, the floor is yours. Yeah, um, I think you kind of put it already very well. Um, if there is any message I'd like to leave, it's um, if you're young and you, you feel um, different in any shape or form, whether it be, you know, mentally or whether uh, you're not okay uh, with some life circumstances that are happening to you, such as like you feel like you're being discriminated against for your gender or, you know, you feel um, your sexual orientation might be a little different than what's uh, socially accepted, um, things like that. You might feel when you're young, uh, you might feel the urge to um, kind of uh, fit into a mold uh, of what's around you. And I'm here to tell you that it's okay to be different. And it's actually a good thing. Different is good. And we need that. And, you know, when you're that age, everything seems to be much grander than it's supposed yeah. to be. And your differences is so are so hard to deal with. But I'm telling you, if you try to fit into a mold, um, you're going to get stuck your differences will haunt you forever so instead of fitting in a mold try to find people or community around you that accept you for who you are uh, rather than change because it's not going to work I can tell you uh later you know yeah we, we've all tried that we've all we've tried, all tried it. That. it doesn't work just find a group of people that you can fully be authentic and fully be yourself and um that's like you can't escape that. And that's where you'll feel the best um, in life. And you know what, if you don't, if you can't find that community around you, I'm just going to be here to plug in and say there is YLT. We're always going to be accepting and loving. We're always going to be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Just to, just to uh, add to what Mesa said, you know, at the end of the day, if you do start to run down the path of molding yourself, you will find that you will come to a time where everyone will accuse you probably of having a mental breakdown because you probably lost yourself in the process. Um, and it takes a, a lot more effort to find yourself again than to just accept yourself for who you are. So uh, Mace, thank you very much. And for everybody who's listening, I'd just like to let you all know we are a crowdfunded organization. 
you can head up and uh, put in your donations on levantx.com. Anything is accepted and anything will do. So Mace, thank you again. And please send our regards to Hani and keep doing the work you're doing. And we will be in contact very, very soon. Everybody, there will be a collaboration coming up between YLT and Levant X. So stay tuned. We are working on it in the background. So Mace, again, thank you. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Thank you. <laughs>